This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, again and again, the church returns to that scene at Caesarea Philippi. For the whole of the faith really hinges upon it. Jesus asked that peculiar question, who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? He's not asking about his teaching or about the impression he's making. He's asking about his identity because that's finally what matters. As I've said a thousand times before, it's not primarily his teaching that matters, though it's extremely important, but what matters in the end is who he is. Simon alone correctly grasps the heart of the matter. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He sees that Jesus is not a figure about whom we can be neutral or indifferent. Why? Well, if he is who he says he is, then we must give our whole selves to him. You know, if he's one teacher among many, well, then I can put him on the shelf. I can pay attention to him to some degree. I can say, well, isn't that interesting? But the other part of what he says, I don't like. But if he is who he says he is, if he is God moving among his people, then, well, I have to give my whole self to him. And by the way, if he's not who he says he is, he's not a good teacher. In fact, he's a, he's a very bad man. He's a rather deluded fanatic. Because Jesus consistently speaks and acts in the very person of God. Well, see, Simon gets this. He grasps it. He knows there's an all-or-nothing quality about Jesus. As the Lord himself said, either you're with me or you're against me. See, Simon, you might say, is the first of the disciples to get this. And hence his confession becomes the rock foundation for the community that Jesus wants to establish. That's why he gives him a nickname at this point, Kepha in his Aramaic, rock or rocky. That's rendered in Greek, of course, as Petros, Petrus in Latin. It comes to us then as Peter. Simon's called rocky, Kepha, because he has this insight, this intuition about Jesus. Now, I preached many times before on this topic. What I want to do today is focus a bit more on the second part of Jesus' statement concerning Peter. Listen. Upon this rock, I will build my church. The word in Greek here is very instructive, the word for church. It's ekklesia. Our words, of course, ecclesial and ecclesiastical come from that. It's derived from two more basic words, ek and kaleo. 
Ek in Greek means out from, and kaleo means to call. So the ekklesia is that community of people who've been called out, who've been summoned out from something into something else. To be a member of Christ's community is to have left something very consciously and to have moved into something new very consciously. And that's why, friends, I know it's a bit controversial to say, but there is an over and against quality to being a church person because you've been ekaleod, you've been called out. To be with Christ is to know what you're not, is to know what you've left behind. You catch this now in the symbolism of uh, baptism in the early church. When someone came to the cathedral or church to be baptized, they were told to strip off their street clothes. It was a symbol of leaving something behind. They were leaving behind their old way of life. And then naked, they were oiled up, if you want, with a chrism oil. Then they were led down into the pool to be baptized. Then when they came up out of the pool, they were clothed in a white garment, symbolizing the new life the new world into which they had come. See, if being a member of the church doesn't set you in opposition to anything, then you haven't really become a member of the church. Here's another symbol of it, now from the Middle Ages. The great Gothic cathedrals were almost all oriented. It means that they faced the rising sun. Well, see, in the apse of the cathedral, what we tend to call the back, is actually the front. That's where the altar was, and it faced east. It faced the rising sun, symbolizing the fact that the church looks to Christ. But then, on the other side of the church, what we tend to call the front, the facade, is actually the back of the church. It faced down the setting sun. In other words, it symbolized the church's stance against the powers of darkness. That's why if you go to um, Notre Dame in Paris, or you go to Chartres, go to any of the great cathedrals, go to Cologne in Germany, you'll find a kind of battering ram quality about those western facades. It's as though they're facing down something. They're standing resolutely against something. Well, that's the church. That's what it means to be a member of Christ's life. Okay, so what is it? What are church people called out of? What the Bible terms the world, the cosmos in the Greek, the world, what does it mean? Not the world of God's good creation. It means that whole way of life that's predicated upon selfishness, materialism, individualism, violence, self-love. What St. Augustine called the civitas terrena, the earthly city, that's what the church is against. That's what we've been called out of. We aren't just get-along types in the church. We shouldn't be. Oh, we get along with everybody. We're not really against anything. Mm -mm. We don't think that every aspect of the culture is good. I mean, there are good aspects of the culture, of course. But the culture, including our own, 
is very much influenced by the world. It's, it's marked by this worldliness. The church is called out of it. It stands against it. And what are we called into? We've been ekkaleod, called out of, into something else. We're called into a new community, into a new way of thinking, into a new mode of acting. We're called into what Augustine termed the heavenly city or the city of God. Now, what is that? What is it? It's the place where love, peace, nonviolence, compassion, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy hold sway. Let me say it again. We're called into a new world, a new way of life, where love, peace, nonviolence, compassion, forgiveness, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy hold sway. That's the church. It's the life of the church. Some of the earliest observers of the Christian community were struck by how different the Christians were. And what's the famous line? How they love one another. Isn't it extraordinary how people in the ancient world, looking into this Christian life, saw something different. They saw the quality of their love. See, friends, we should stand out. We should look different. People should notice that we think and move and organize ourselves distinctively. And once again, modern society tends to privatize religion, and that just poses problems. A privatized religion is not what the religion of Jesus is about. Because if we don't show up in the society, if we have no public profile, we really haven't been called out of anything. See what I'm driving at? If people look around and they can't notice Christians, they can't notice church people, we just blend in like everybody else. We don't think, move, act, react differently. Then we're missing something. I might have uh, mentioned this before in another homily, but uh, I'm always struck by Stanley Hauerwas, the great Methodist theologian, who was testifying before Congress many years ago on the issue of abortion. He was asked, point blank, well, why are you against it, Dr. Hauerwas? And his answer, which I love, is, well, because Christians don't kill their children. In other words, he wasn't looking for some bland, generic uh, answer. He was witnessing to the way Christians live. And one of the marks of that is that they don't uh, kill their children. You know, is there was something uh, I found bracing about that. He wasn't afraid to say, I've got a public distinctive profile as a Christian. Now, here's the next step. Once we're called out, once we establish our distinctiveness, then we are coming after you. (laughs) Listen, don't misunderstand me. I know all about the terrible history of religious violence and intolerance and sectarianism. I'm against all that. And you know why? Because all that stands athwart the purposes of Jesus. If the church engages in violence, if the church becomes oppressive and intolerant and sectarian, then it's not doing what Jesus is about. But, but, I do indeed claim that we are a church on the march. We are an ecclesia militans, as we used to say. We're a fighting church. And we have that identity because now of something else Jesus said to Peter. And the gates of the netherworld 
shall not prevail against it. He means here the church. Now, I don't know why, but I always read this in the course of my life as a kind of guarantee that somehow the powers of hell would not be able to break down the walls of the church, that the church would somehow down to the ages withstand any kind of attack. But see, that, of course, is not what the image is implying, just the opposite. In the ancient world, when an army attacked a town, it would break down its gates since they constituted the weakest part of the wall. Once they broke down the gates, they would stream in and they would take over the place. Well, see, this is what Jesus means. The gates of hell, meaning the gates of the dysfunctional world, will never prevail against the invading church. We are meant to be on the march. Again, non-violently, with love and compassion, but militantly, using the weapons of the Holy Spirit. We should not be satisfied living in a Catholic or Christian ghetto. No, no. Our purpose is to announce the gospel to all nations, to transform the world, to call everybody out and bring them into the community of the church. I suggest, uh, fellow Christians listening to me, there should be a whole revolution in our way of thinking. We should not be satisfied with a privatized ghetto existence. Mm-mm. The gates of hell, we have the guarantee, will not prevail against us. Therefore, we should be on the march against hatred, against racism, against violence, against oppression, against all forms of dysfunction. And we should be happy warriors, confident in our spiritual militancy, The gates of hell will not prevail against the church that was founded on the rock of Peter's confession. And God bless you all. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. I'm Father Robert Barron. Our new Catholicism documentary series and study program can now be pre-ordered online. Go to catholicismpreorder.com. Will you help me introduce this one-of-a-kind film series and catechetical program to your parish, school, and diocese? Journey around the world and deep into the faith in this 10-part, 10-hour epic adventure. Learn more at catholicismpreorder.com.